This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you on a Wednesday on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Locked On Bengals. If you missed my conversation with Joe Goodberry, it's up right now at LockedOnBengals.com. And there's a ton for you there. And if you don't know yet, I'll let you know now. This is the number one spot for all things Bengals training camp coverage. So make sure you keep it locked right here and buckle up because we're eight days away from Bengals training camp. And with that, since we're so close to 2018, I figured it was a perfect time to bring in uh, multiple reporters from different cities, all in the AFC North for part of our AFC North division preview. We'll start in Baltimore. Her name, Lindsay OK. She's on Twitter at Lindsay with two Y's OK. You can check out her work at the Ravens Wire, and she's on with us. Now, Lindsay, I appreciate the time. There's a lot I want to talk to you about when it comes to the Ravens, their quarterback situation, their new receivers. But uh, first, I got to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to football. It's It's almost here. Let's start with Joe Flacco. I think you're the biggest Joe Flacco fan I've ever met. Um, you I have think to be I'm the only one. You think you're the only one. I know. Here's the thing. Even in Cincinnati now, in, in there's a lot of Cincinnati fans that think I'm like this Andy Dalton basher and I'm okay with it, but they think that, that Andy's head and shoulders above Joe Flacco. If a Bengals fan told you that, what would you say? I would laugh in their faces. <laughs> That's just not true. It's just not Go ahead, elaborate it as much as you want. I enjoy it because I I tend to agree with you, but uh, I would love to hear why. I mean, I'm I understand that like some like some quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like they can throw to a tree and they'd be <laughs> fine. Guys, kind of like Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton, kind of need a surrounding cast in order to help them succeed. But I think Andy Dalton needs to do more than that. He just needs to not be a quarterback. Anymore. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I feel like he's, he has AD green. I mean, you can put like Antonio Brown above him. You can put Odell above him maybe, but other than that, like Deandre Hopkins again, maybe, but I mean, he's a top five guy in the league. Like you can't, get any better than that and for him to just not be able to do anything with him is frustrating year after year after year i I hear you and it's just stupid mistakes on his part yeah i know i i totally agree especially his lack of deep ball throwing and that's the thing is joe flacco comes up uh quite a bit when i'm discussing like the the top 20 range of quarterbacks and people it it seems like since the super bowl have torn him down but I look at his receivers. Last year, his best receiver was Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace is no longer a number one wide receiver, and that to me is the issue. There is no guy for Flacco to rely on, and it does seem like they tried to address that this offseason. Yeah, um, getting Michael Crabtree was huge. I still am kind of, um, just because of the whole Jeremy Macklin thing that happened last year, I'm still kind of like, pessimistic about that because I'm afraid the same thing's going to happen with <laughs> me. That's just my like pessimism here. And because the Ravens can't have nice things at all. Um, so I'm just expecting something like that to happen at this point. Um, but Willie Sneed was also huge. I think he's a guy coming from New Orleans. He kind of needed a change. He kind of needed a fire lit under him. And I think he's going to be huge this year. 
Um, but that being said, like Brashad Perriman's still on the team for some reason. I think he gets like a bonus on Friday. So if he is still on the team on Friday, like please like send the police after me or something. Like I can't deal. Um, but they they have tried to revamp it. They got they got rid of everybody. They got rid of Michael Campanero, which he needed to go like three years ago. Um, but I think there's going to be more there this year. He's also getting a training camp to kind of work with those guys a little bit. Last year, he had hurt his back working out um, after OTAs and missed the entire training camp, missed the entire preseason. So um, he also didn't have enough time to work with those guys. So I think that's going to be huge for him too. Yeah, I think I look at at what they've done wide receiver-wise, and it's not like there's a clear-cut number one guy, but the idea of of Willie Sneed on one side and John Brown both streaking down the field and then Michael Crabtree in the red zone, this has got to be the best – group of wide receivers. I know you mentioned Perriman, but let's just toss him out of it. I also mentioned UC mm-hmm. Bearcat Chris Moore, who's uh, who's still in Baltimore. Those four, I mean, that's that's a pretty good one through four. There's no clear-cut one, no A.J. Green like you mentioned, but it's pretty solid. I would say uh, a C-plus for the wide receivers, at least on paper. Yeah, I could I could I could do that. Um, my biggest thing, though, is like I kind of mentioned before is Michael Crabtree. I'm worried about them all staying healthy, which is yeah. something that the Ravens have not had a lot of luck with in the recent history. Um, so, like like you said, it's probably a C plus C. I, I'd even go B plus at this point if they all produce like the like how they're supposed to. Um, but that being said, they all need to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. Lindsay, okay with us of the Ravens Wire here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's continue to discuss the offense. And I think the running game, when I think of the Ravens, it's a lot like the Steelers historically. They have really good defenses and they rely on the running game. It hasn't really been that been the case in recent years. You haven't had that running back you could rely on. You got Alex Collins, Devoris Allen, Kenneth Dixon. Is there anyone that stands out in that backfield that you think will be that bell cow? Um, I think they're going to go Alex Collins a lot this year. Um, again, I don't think he's going to have as big of a year as he did last year. Um, a, Joe Flacco has a lot of those um, weapons that we just mentioned um, and the tight ends, too, that are kind of going to take take away some from him. But um, And just because I feel like he's – I wouldn't put him in, like, the Justin Forsett category where he has kind of, like, that huge year and then kind of, like, falls off the map. I think he's going to do okay. I just think he's not going to have – like I'm not going to say historic year because it definitely wasn't that. But you, you see what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. kind of like nobody kind of expected that out of him, and that's kind of what he did. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Buck Allen too. Um, I think as far as running backs go, I mean, 30 is like ancient for running backs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they don't want to overwork Alex Collins because they're afraid of, you know, potentially running him into the ground, and that's like their guy. Um, so I think Buck Allen is, like, if you're talking fantasy, I think he could be a guy that you might want to pick up, just saying. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of him, too, but I think Alex Collins is their guy there. Here's what I tweeted out a couple days ago, and obviously we're both familiar with the Le'Veon Bell saga, and he's going to be a free agent, and I think he's going to leave Pittsburgh. And I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, and he fits into this a lot. I think next year at this time, Le'Veon Bell becomes a Baltimore Raven Four years, like sixty million dollars. Uh, your thoughts? I, I just your instant reaction. If my speculation ended up coming true on the idea of Bell becoming a Raven, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> no, um, I don't blame obviously. you. Obviously, <laughs> um, 
but also, like I said, like running backs, you only have them for a few good years. And I kind of depends, depending, did you say like how many years? Four. I, I would say, I, I don't think his market, okay. I think his, his market's going to be less than people expect. And yeah, we've seen sure. how players want to kind of stick it to uh, division teams. I so I could totally see him being courted by the Ravens and wanting to go there to beat Pittsburgh. Oh, totally, and he's totally he has that personality too. Like he's already being a diva now, um, so I could <laughs> definitely see him doing that. Um, I actually had never thought about that before, but like I said, I don't hate it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of fifty fifty <laughs> on it. And the the reason I do that, and this is a perfect segue because a lot of Bengals fans wanted Lamar Jackson in the draft, and you're. Obviously a fan of Joe Flacco, and he won a Super Bowl, and I get why. Um, the idea of a Lamar Jackson being in the fold now, as, as far as the Baltimore Ravens quarterbacks goes, your your reaction to that, at least on draft night, was? I mean, I love the pick. I did. did like I, I said something that night that was, you know, I love Joe Flacco. I've always been a fan of Joe Flacco, like, ever since, ever since he started here. Um but and I can also love the Lamar Jackson pick too. Like I feel like a lot of it, especially here, and you might not see it here because you're in Cincinnati. And um, but it's like people have have this like thought that they have to be like one or the other. Like they're either Team Joe or Team Lamar. And it's like why can't you kind of be for both? I mean, if this is Joe's last year, like why can't you just support him for one last year? I mean, after all he's done for you, um, a lot of people like mostly from like the outside they see like he won a he won a super bowl and that was pretty much it he had like those he had those four games and outside of that he's done nothing um that's kind of a stretch he's he went to the afc championship in his rookie year mm-hmm. people forget that um i don't know it's just kind of i don't i don't think you have to be Team Joe, Team Lamar, I think you can appreciate both for what it is. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's – and I used this before the draft because I, I wanted the Bengals to go this route. What Kansas City did is kind of the blueprint, the way to transition from a 30-plus-year-old quarterback, someone that's given you some success, and transition to, to the next guy, the, the quarterback that you think has more talent. And that's what they did with Alex Smith. The Kansas City Chiefs were really good last year. Smith was really good. And if Flacco's good this year – he will be a starter in the league next year and probably get paid again. So I think it could work right. out for both. Right. And um, like you said, he like Lamar and Joe have kind of different talents. So it's unreal to think that they can just throw Lamar in here with this offense and it be successful. Um, I don't, I'm not going to try to sound like I know everything because I honestly don't, <laughs> but it's, um, it's just, unfathomable like how you would think that a team that failed to build around their quarterback that they paid all this money to is all of a sudden going to do that for their rookie that they just drafted three months ago you don't know everything so. i i mean i i <laughs> i know most things i oh. wouldn't say everything yeah okay. about 99.6 percent of things there we go there we go but see now the the transition to lamar i'll tie it together that's why i think you go get a, a guy like Le'Veon bell imagine that dynamic next year how exciting would that yeah. be a year from now, Lamar Jackson handing it off to Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, that would be kind of electric. I'm just putting my GM hat on. You know, if if you guys ever need a GM up there, that would be that would be part of the plan. Lindsay okay with this of the Ravens wire here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I have to ask you about Robert Griffin the third. How does he fit with this team? Is he a guy that you expect to make the team? Do you think they'll keep three quarterbacks? Or is he just kind of a guy that'll be a camp body, get some throws in? 
and then be cut by the end of training camp. Yeah, I don't really see him making the team at all, um, which is weird because I don't know if you noticed, but the Ravens, ever since they signed him, like their social media team, their PR has been pushing this RG3 thing so hard. <laughs> like they tweeted out a picture of like him and his family in front of like of the uh, the Ravens like facility. And I don't know, that's just kind of weird to me for a guy that you don't expect to make the team. I see him going through camp, but the Ravens have never kept three quarterbacks before. And with Lamar, like, I I really don't see them doing that. So There's no scenario, and I just, I like to, to ask these hypothetical questions because it's fun, to be honest. There's no scenario where, like, Lamar has some success in the preseason. Maybe a quarterback goes down for a team or something like that. And we see kind of what Philadelphia did a couple years ago where they traded Sam Bradford, where we see Joe Flacco traded. You, you don't see that happening, right? No, there's a very slim chance of that happening. Okay. The Ravens have made it clear that Joe Flacco is their guy this year. The only way Lamar is going to start this year is if he goes down. Gotcha. Period. I just, I just had to no make sure. There's no week eight. There's no after <laughs> the buys. There's no chance. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Lindsay, okay with us of the Ravens Wire. And uh, I got to ask you, it's funny because I'm going to bring up special teams, and I think this is probably the only time I'll do that um, in the AFC North in our preview here. And it's because Justin Tucker, I got I to be honest, I'm, the, I'm so jealous of Justin Tucker. He's hitting 50, 60-yard <laughs> field goals. You guys got him. And in Cincinnati, especially two years ago, we were nervous for every extra point. We were nervous with 25-yard yeah. field goals. And you guys are – you can go to the fridge when Justin Tucker's kicking a 55-yarder against the wind, and you can be confident he makes it. So what's it like having a – maybe one of the best best kickers ever? So it's funny you say that, the whole going to the fridge thing, because I was watching the AFC Championship with my friends all in, like, my living room for the Patriots game. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're, kick, we're kicking this. Like, it was Condes, by the way, foreshadowing. <laughs> and I was like, we're going to get this. Like, hell, yeah. Like, I went to the bathroom and came back to absolute mayhem. Oh. So that being said, we lived through Condes. I know what you feel. I know what you're feeling. Trust me. Yeah. Um, we had Stephen Hauschka the couple of years before that, and he was absolutely god-awful, holding your breath every single time. It's not something you think about that you can't, you don't have to hold your breath every time until it actually happens. It's kind of like when you have a cold and you can't breathe through all your nostrils and you feel guilty for taking, advan- or taking advantage of every time that you can breathe through both nostrils. You're, that's that's um, a perfect analogy. I completely agree because when I can't <laughs> breathe through both nostrils, I'm always like, oh, God, please, I, I won't take this for granted ever again. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you think about. and. You know, I, I, I am so grateful for Justin Tucker. He's won, especially these last couple of years when we haven't been able to score points at all. He's done it all. I like. I want to create a shrine to him at this point. So. Yeah, I think there was a, a game. I think in 2016 where he single-handedly beat the Bengals. It was when the Bengals' offense. The past two years, the Probably. Bengals' offense has been trash, and I think he had like six or seven field goals. And the Bengals lost. Yeah, <laughs> there's been a couple games where it's been like nine to six or something. I think there was a Lions game a couple years ago, and I think one of the like a game against the Chiefs was kind of like the same way, and it was all him. Man, yeah, that what a weapon to have. What a uh, a weapon to have. Let me 
Let me, before I let you go, ask you about the defense. Obviously, over the past couple of years, the Ravens have been a little more active in free agency. They added Eric Weddle a couple of years ago last season, last offseason. They asked, uh, added Tony Jefferson. What should we expect out of this defense? How good can they be this year? Um, I put them about pretty about pretty much about the same. Um, they didn't really lose anybody that was that remarkable. Um, so it's pretty much staying the same, and they were fantastic last year. I mean, the way Terrell Suggs is playing at his age is just out of this world phenomenal. Um, the secondary is fantastic. Um, Jimmy Smith will be back. Um, uh, Marlon Humphrey is playing great. That whole secondary is playing great. Um, Brandon Williams, like, we have all these guys on defense that, again, we need to stay healthy for them to play well. But, um, yeah, I think the defense is kind of like on the back burner for me right now just because I'm so confident in them anyways. So. All right, I have two more questions for you. One's really good and going to bring up wonderful memories for you. One's awful and going to bring up <laughs> awful memories for you. Let's start with, well, you pick, good or bad. What should we start with? Um, let's start with the good. All right, good. Week one last year, uh, I go to Paul Brown Stadium. I'm expecting a good game for the Bengals. Uh, I'm expecting it to be close. Not not necessarily expecting a win. I definitely thought it would be close. Andy Dalton has five turnovers. The Ravens steamrolled the Bengals and it's 20 to nothing. And five days later, the Bengals fire their offensive coordinator. And uh, it is just the, the worst offensive performance I think I've seen in the Dalton era. Uh, your feelings on that day, that Sunday, when the Ravens opened 1-0? Um, Anytime the Ravens win a game, especially last year, was a great feeling for me. Um, obviously, starting out the season is great, um, but going on for things to come, I can imagine what you're going to say next. Yeah, see, see, you are. See, we should have started with the bad because you kind of sugarcoated that because you knew what was coming. What happened when uh, yeah. in in your household or wherever you were at when you watched the the game? Where Tyler? Well, maybe you were there. Actually, it was on the road. Uh, when Tyler Boyd streaks down the field, this was Andy Dalton's. It was the, by far the best throw of his career. Frozen rope. Tyler Boyd catches it, runs it into the end zone, and uh, the Bengals beat the Ravens. I just kind of stared at the. I wasn't there. I just kind of stared at the TV with my mouth open, and but I didn't really have any like. I wasn't really angry. I just kind of. And this is really sad to say, but I kind of expected it. Oh, like man. they just kind of backed themselves into that hole. Um, I was I was very disappointed, don't get me wrong, as anybody would be when they're right on the line there, they're right there. Um, but knowing that, like, I didn't feel like they had the ability to do anything in the postseason anyway. And I hate saying this because I hate people who say this, but I um, them, like, I'd rather lose now than lose later. Um, I really hate people saying that, but that's just kind of how I felt with that team last year, so... Better draft pick, a draft pick. You guys traded back a yeah. couple times. How are you? How are you feeling about the the tight end? Who was it? Hayden Hurst. How are you feeling about yeah. him? Yeah. Um. So the Ravens haven't really had a good history with tight with tight ends, especially those drafted in the first round. I mean, Max Williams hasn't done anything. He's been hurt the past three years. Um. So Dennis Pitta. I mean, he wasn't first round, but we just ha- we just don't have good luck with tight ends at all. I think Todd Heath was the last memorable one that I can even say do anything great um and that was like 10 years ago so i don't know i'm kind of holding my breath on him um we also got mark andrews who, who is also a tight end he can also kind of split and play receiver which i think is good um but i'm not really expecting him to come out and do a 
too much this year. I feel like some people here in Baltimore are expecting him to be like the next like Rob Gronkowski. And I just think that's like a way too <laughs> big pedestal to put him on at yeah. this point. So I expect him to be good. I just don't want to have too high of an expectation for him because I don't want to be let down. <laughs> If if I was, you know, I don't blame you one bit, especially when you're comparing him to a guy like Gronk. Uh, as far as the the 2018 Ravens go, and then this final thing for you, what? Uh, give me a prediction or a rough estimate. And obviously, it'll change with training camp and injuries, and who knows? Maybe right. you guys sign Des Bryant tomorrow, and things change. But as of right now, how do you think the 2018 Ravens do? You want like a final score prediction? Yeah, yeah. If you if you want to give a, a okay. final record, playoffs, not playoffs, something like that. Okay, um, I'm going to say 10-6, 9-7 would kind of be my, I guess, that means my they're, line there. That means they're below huh? the Steelers but ahead of the Bengals and Browns in the division. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I think they, they might get a wild card spot there. Again, if everybody's healthy, I think so. Um, I don't know. I'm not expect, I'm Like I said, I'm not expecting too much. <laughs> You you sound like so, me, but I, I think it's doable. For weeks on this podcast, like people will be like, "Oh, well, what do you want? What do you think that the Bengals are going to do?" And I'm like, "Well, if they're healthy on paper, they could win double digit wins. They could win ten games, but if not, they could win six or seven games." So it sounds like right. uh, we're kind of like the same team to a certain degree. I know there's a bunch of different faces. You guys have that really awesome quarterback in Joe Flacco, but overall, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty much the same. Injury dependent, I guess, huh? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of teams are that way, too. I mean, even going off like the Jaguars last year had a great year because they also had almost no injuries. Um, so it all, it, like that's like one of the biggest things in football, I think, is injuries. So, As far as uh, finding you, obviously you're on Twitter, at Lindsay, with two Ys, okay. Um, but what, where else can our readers, our, our listeners find you? Um, you can find me on the Ravens Wire, which is part of USA Today, or you can find me on my own site. I do kind of like a morning blog every morning where I kind of run down a couple of the things that happened the day before, and then I kind of write my thoughts about it. Um, or you can find me on Instagram. Everything's the same name. You can stalk me on anything that you want. So, <laughs> <laughs> how many st- you get a lot of stalkers? Is that real? Is that a thing? I get plenty of things that i shouldn't i'll just say yeah, that <laughs> i know i bet i bet well i she is a really good twitter <laughs> follower for what it's worth she's funny a lot of times and uh I, I feel like every time i not every time but there's plenty of times i've logged onto twitter like on my phone or something and it there's some kind of mimosa joke or, or a couple's watching joke like you're seeing a, a first date or something i don't know and it's really oh, funny yeah. i love your humor all this on twitter. stuff always happens to me i don't understand why but it always seems to happen well, no, I'm, I'm just glad you document it because I get laughs out of it. So I appreciate that. All right. Well, you're welcome. Good stuff from Lindsay on the Ravens. And doesn't that sound familiar? Like you listen to me and I got some tweets over the past couple of days like, James, you're talking and you're so worried about health. Well, didn't she sound a lot like me? Like, yeah, well, if they stay healthy on paper, they're this. But I'm not that optimistic because I've seen this movie before. I don't know. It sounded dead on different. I mean... She sounded different than me, but what she was saying is close to what I've said about the Bengals. It's tough, man. I don't know how to feel. Here's what I do know. Locked on Bengals is back tomorrow. We'll be joined by Adam Crowley, who covers the Steelers in Pittsburgh. We will talk all things Steelers with him tomorrow and on Friday. It's a Browns preview. We're going to get all things Browns. I think they're the most interesting team in the AFC North, so 
We'll see. It, it's going to be fun. I, that's what I know. It's going to be fun looking at this team, the, these teams. I think all three of the Bengals' division opponents, all three of them are feeling pretty optimistic right now about their 2018 chances. Just look in the mirror now. Think about that when you're talking about the 2018 Bengals. The other three teams in the division feel like they have a shot this year to at least be better than last year, especially the Browns. Let's be honest. Do Browns fans think they're making the playoffs? We'll find out Friday. Tomorrow, though, we'll head to Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm James Erpine. This has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. 